and welcome back to another episode of Code with Kingy where for this week's show I am blessed to be teaming up with the Brass Fritz Royasi where we preview and we'll be covering the 10th and final round of Super Rugby Aotearoa in 2021. Enjoy. Well kia ora Fritz and thank you very much for joining me on this week's episode of Code with Kingy, the last regular season round for 2021 or as far as Aotearoa is considered. First off, yeah, thank you for taking some time out to chop it up with me this weekend, and yeah, very grateful to be having you on the pod. No, no worries, bro. Uh, keen to be on. <laughs> I know you've been a very avid listener in the past, so yeah, I thought it was yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> But we'll start with game one, bro. Hurricanes versus the Landers. Uh, so the Hurricanes are back at home, and it was a tough night at the office for them last Friday, losing at the death to the boot of Damian McKenzie. Now, there was also some intent shown from the kickoff, which you would have liked as a Hurricanes fan, um, similar to what they showed against the Crusaders. And they also showed a bit of resilience, uh, especially in that second half, when the Chiefs scored 10 straight points. And considering how their season's gone, many would have thought that would have broke them. But they stuck in it, and like I just mentioned, they were pipped on the final hooter. For me, though, and from what I've seen across a lot of other message boards, it's their attack that's looked stagnant. And mm. so, throwing this question at you, bro, if you were pulling the strings, how would you look to use the pill? Yeah, that's a hard question, especially with some of the tries they scored, like that tough pill from Lomax to Blackwell to go through, and then just that crazy offload from Flanders to Billy Proctor, just like brilliant individual kind of things. But um, since that Highlanders game, they haven't really pulled anything from back plays, like the switchback plays they had with Geordie Barrett and um, Sass also giving that that play like there hasn't been really um any emotion with i guess the intent to score from set piece especially after their set piece was destroyed on on friday last night last week you kind of have to look at just what they're playing from like their platform they haven't had a good chance to play off any good platform last two games especially oh crusaders you know i thought they did as well as they should but just case of chiefs has been was tough for them to actually um play from anything really yeah 100% I think both me and you know as backs that it is pretty complicated to try and do anything when the ball that you're getting is static or slow or your forwards aren't quite punching over the game line but I thought early on in that Chiefs game their forward pack was actually doing a bit of a number on the Chiefs especially when the Chiefs mm. didn't have a lot of ball in hand but I think the thing that I'd like to point to is that I don't feel like the back line makes enough of an effort to get the ball to Salisi or get the ball to Laomapi with a bit more time on their hands. I mean, yeah, it, you yeah. Know, by the time the ball does get to them, it's almost like they've got a defender up in their face. And I mean, you've seen the likes of Salisi with his ability to get the offload away. But I just imagine that if you give him an extra second or two on the ball or give him an extra half a yard, that maybe he can literally turn nothing into something. I think that Geordie Barrett move has almost been a little bit figured out when he looks to hide yeah, himself behind the ruck. I think teams are sort of game planning for that. So whether or not you can come up with a, an alternative option off that to where you dummy inside and then look to have a go yourself or have another runner and then behind Geordie off the switch, yeah, I'm not too sure. But the Hurricanes are defending really well and defence comes down to effort and you can't knock the Hurricanes for the effort, I think, both from what we saw last Friday and all of their games this year. But it's just... 
there's only so much you can do when you're tackling, 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 and then you get the ball back. And I know that they're already tired after having defended so well, but then it's like, well, you've got to make use of the ball that you do have, and they're not doing that, and they haven't done it, and hence the reason why they've finished with the wooden spoon. So, yeah, yeah I, I think for me, like if, you, if you're going to give anything a go um, this round and against the Australian teams, I think you just want to get the ball into your best player's hands as often as possible with as much time as possible, which I don't think they are maximising right now, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, 100. Yeah, you've got to get in the likes of the Marpy and Farrasi's hand. Even as, even some of the forwards, like you you know, see Xavier Numir doesn't get as many touches as he should, and you can tell he's, a, he's an athlete, breaks tackles, as well as Devin Flanders. I think he may have touched the ball maybe twice before he got subbed in the second half. So it's just little things like that. I guess. I think you could almost look to replicate what Tony Brown does with the Highlanders now. I know that they don't have an Aaron Smith and you could argue that they don't have someone similar to like a Mitch Hunt or a Josh Iwani in those game driver roles, but they aren't a very big pack either and they're not a yeah, very big yeah. side either. So they actually look to keep the ball and play a lot and look to play quickly. Now, yeah. I'm not sure if the Hurricanes aren't not trying to do that they, they may be trying to do it and, and it's maybe just because like I mentioned they don't have Aaron Smith in their team who's able to throw those bullets and give that extra second on the ball but I think that they could probably take a, a leaf out of the Southerners books because if you look at the way that they've progressed they've just got better as the season's gone on and it's sort of just been a bit of a roller coaster for the Hurricanes it's like they've been okay and then they go back down and then they play really well in the first half against the Chiefs and then they have a horrible second half and then they turn yeah, against yeah, Hollanders yeah. and then the last couple of weeks there, in, it, in the games against the Crusaders and the Chiefs, but they just don't do quite enough or show an ability to close out the game or give them an opportunity to close out the game, but they're going to finish last. Um, and I feel like if there's any time to chance their arm at anything or you know throw out anything that they've been practicing during the week and have been a little bit tentative to do on the Saturday, you know, now's the opportunity, bro. But we'll roll on to the team that they're playing, though, the Highlanders. And as I predicted earlier in the piece, or as I just mentioned, they seem to be hitting their straps but unfortunately it's come a week or so too late. They look more assured in the engine room um, with the likes of Aiden Johnson, Putty Putty Parkinson coming back into the fold, which I think has allowed the rest of the team to just solely focus on their role rather than looking to make up for maybe the lack of grunt that they didn't have up front. But it hasn't been all sunshine and rainbows though as they've won the missed tackle count in the majority of their games in 2021. And saying that though, they have scrambled well, but looking towards this Friday, do you think that they can afford to keep scrambling if they are to win the last regular season game for them on a high note? I think this might be the hardest game yet, especially coming from the Canes, you know, being the bottom of the table. The Canes are just going to go all out. So it would be a good challenge for both teams, actually. Especially with the Highlanders after the um, miracle turnaround and uh, just how they've been playing. Just be a good showcase. On Friday night, can't actually yeah. say who I think will win. It's funny, you'd think that with nothing on the line, that it sort of, sort of takes some of the heat um, out of this game. But I think because there isn't any nothing on the line, and both these teams have a history of playing Razzley, that there is, I guess, sort of an expectation as a fan that, you know, we see something cool on Friday night. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> for me, if the Highlanders keep missing tackles, that then sort of spells the Hurricanes doing something with the ball, which then in turn, you know, forces the Highlanders then looking to take, you know, opportunities to click fives and sevens rather than taking threes. So I think as a spectator, it 
if the trend continues um, with the the Hollanders' defensive efforts, um, the first go around rather than with their scramble stuff, we could be in for a big game. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure which way I'd want to go with this one actually. Um, I'd like to think that the Hurricanes get up for it, but I feel like the Highlanders might actually beat them by quite a bit. That's just me personally, bro. So yeah, yeah that's my pick. I'm yeah, like, yeah. What about you? I could see you going that way. The Highlanders are a team that just play off each other. So they're just confidence team, no matter how, who they're playing, how they're playing. So one thing goes their way, they're just all up for it. Exactly, and we've seen that when you can give Aaron Smith, you give, even give someone of his calibre an extra half second on the ball, he takes the right option nearly every single time. And Mitch Hunt and Josh Iwani have clicked the last couple of weeks. Mm. And they seem to be doing all right in that midfield. It's still an area of concern for me, and I think that it's a place that needs to be addressed for them moving forward. But... It's holding strong. I mean, Scott Gregory jumps in there at second five, not his usual position, and then Sarah Tompkinson comes back after his stand-down period for all that kerfuffle in the media a couple of weeks ago. But Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're making the most of what they've got, you know, given their long list of season-ending injuries. I see that Marina McCauley, too, broke his leg um, yeah. last week, so or the, in the game against the Blues, so he's out for the rest of the season, which is, again, just adds to their, their injury ward. But for me, I'm going to go Highlanders, man, so who are you picking? Um... Have to go Canes, Canes Nation, but uh, yeah, Canes by five, nothing more. All right, well, either way, one of us is going to be happy when we do the recap. Um, on to game number two, Blues v the Chiefs. Now, what started as a season with so much hope has ended in disappointment for Blues fans, and it's perplexing when you look at how dominant they were in the earlier rounds. Their decision-making and their composure have been glaring work-ons in the big games, which has resulted in them missing the final after many pundits saw it as their place to lose. So if you were to point the finger, who would it be at for their regression over the course of the season? Players, um, coaches, is there a specific I player? Yeah, I don't want to say really point the finger, I guess just how they look to play. They're, they're very forward-orientated and, I guess, kind of outsides-orientated. There wasn't a real... Punch in the middle, and the backs. You, if, like they had Rico Yuani centre, but he's more of a you know a winger coming in, trying to get in the outside. There was no go forward in the middle. I guess that's where they kind of like. Oh, it's it's hard. I guess that's where they kind of uh, I guess struggled in terms of uh, defence and just applying pressure on that back line. No one would really dent the back line through the middle. For me, like from what I've seen. Well, from what I've taken away from all of the games that I've watched him in, it's it's just been there. And again, for people who've listened to this podcast week in, week out, I'm sorry to be repeating myself, but teams are negating the blue strengths. Like, if you look at their set piece work, that's actually gone backwards as well. So, and I mean, I, I don't know anything about set piece because I'm not a forward, so I can't actually chime in with any expertise in that area. All I can see is a scrum going backwards or a scrum not being as strong as it earlier was and their line-out play being a little bit scrappy. But if you look even beyond that, I think teams are doing a really good job of getting up in their big forwards' faces and looking to chop. It doesn't mean that they're going to always be effective, but at least that way you're not giving them any time to charge onto the ball like what I thought teams were maybe mm. doing a bit earlier on because they were maybe cautious with how their back line would be unleashed. But I think that what's happened now is that teams have looked to solely focus in on that forward pack and sort of left that back line or left it, you know, as a as a one on one thing, you know, the, yeah, the yeah, bat line and the attacking bat line. And as you mentioned, because there hasn't been any punch through the middle, it's almost like teams have just been jockeying, jockeying, jockeying. 
or being a bit passive with the defence and not giving the likes of Riku Iwani that, that time and space to do his bit of razzle because I mean that number 12 position's been an awkward one for them they started the year off having Harry Plummer there I know Tania Talia got his go this past weekend and fetched a little bit there early on um, and then TJ Fiani's come back into the piece off the back of his injury and I feel like that once teams got a bit of parity with that forward pack and or Teddy Black you know didn't have as much front football I think that's when stuff started going backwards because I mean all Teddy Black was a star those first two rounds against the Hurricanes yeah, and the Islanders. Real. and that's not to say that he's played poorly from there now but he's just been a different player because he can only work with what he's getting from his insides so yeah I don't really know what to make of um, or where to point the blame to like I know that that's the coach's job to look at what's gone wrong in the games and you know things have been going wrong for a while now um, and obviously whatever's been implemented hasn't worked either because in all of the big games that they've been in so this past weekend against the Crusaders against the Chiefs against the Crusaders the first go round um, and even in the game against the Hurricanes bro even though they won that one that wasn't like they blew the Hurricanes off the park yeah. if you look at the team list you know the, the Blues experience and the X Factor majorly outweighs the team that they played on the day but the Hurricanes just turned up with a little bit of ticker and a little bit of intent but in Fortunately, just a few errors, um, one-on-one tackling and a poor defensive read got the Blues home in the end. So, yeah, it's, yeah. for me, like, I mean, I was I was back in the Blues all year. I like the look of their forward pack and I like seeing Rico Wani at centre. I feel like he's a guy, even though there are a lot of people who bag him and feel like he's just a winger playing in there, you know, which at times he does have a tendency to tuck the ball and run rather than look to feed his outsides. But I think that's all stuff that comes with learning that position and... I feel like he's only going to be better for it if they stick with him there. And yeah, I, I don't know. This, I mean, I'm not even like a big Blues fan, but I like the plays that they have and it just hasn't worked out this year. And whether or not Roger Tuovasashek and Bowden Barrett change that in 2022, I mean, who's to know? But this year just wasn't their year. Yeah, indeed. Star started back line. Star started four pack and just could have put 2-2 together at some points. Exactly, bro. Team of champions, just not a champion team. But on to a, a team that seems to have turned it around, the Chiefs. They've already booked their spot in next week's grand final off the back of a new sense of belief and some virtuoso performances from their best players. It's going to be interesting to see what sort of lineup they run out in the Battle of the Bulldogs. Yeah, I've, I've, I've heard the game What are you predicting they do? Would you run with the tried and true or would you give some of the starters a week off? Um, yeah, who's really great grapevine. They... Um... They're debuting a lot of new players, actually. Sean Stevenson goes to fullback. Rivers on the bench. Gillian Rampling on the bench. Young 20-year-old. Just came off a good Chiefs 20 campaign as well. They have um, Zane Capelli from Bay Plenty getting his first start and debut. So, yeah, the Chiefs are resting all the big guns and um, looking to play some of the new boys, from what I've heard. Interesting, okay, you heard it here first on Code with Kingy. Like, well, do you like that move, Fritz? Do you, um, do you like giving the stars a week, or do you think that taking that Yeah, oh, yeah, from a, you know, Chiefs, if I was a Chiefs fan, it's definitely a smart move, but if you're a Blues fan, Blues supporter, frick, you're looking at that, that coach thing. <laughs> True, okay. Is that right? You want to start, you want to put some young boys in, all right. Just oh, yeah, like to see how that game goes, especially with um, when the Blues name their lineup. But never yeah. know, Blues could 
also um, put some of the young boys in. They debuted some of the young boys against Crusaders as well. So never know, they might get a start. Exactly. I think when I was running through my head whether or not I'd want to rest my starters, I think it might have been a little bit different had the Crusaders not had the bye this week. Yeah, yeah. I think had the Crusaders been running a team and even then, you know, like you're not sure what those camps are going to do because you don't, as a coach, look to blood new guys off the fact that, you know, you're expecting another team to do so. But I'm not sure. Yeah, I think if the, the Crusaders had been playing this weekend... I think that he might have stuck with the tried and true just to keep that momentum rolling. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a mixed bag for me because like, if you play your starters and they lose, does that knock the confidence? But then if you don't play the starters and you lose a bit of that rhythm and then they go into the final and they don't win, is it, well, do you point at them not playing? Like, yeah. So I think like from the the situation that we have right now with the Crusaders having the bye and them only playing the Blues and them already booking their spot in the final, I think that he hasn't made the right call by blooding in some new guys and... I think even for them, it's a great opportunity, you know, up against a team that's right around the corner from them. And yeah, I feel like it makes for an exciting game on Sunday afternoon. Very. I think uh, Blues, depending on their Blues lineup, if it's the one from last week and the, the Chiefs lineup that are sort of named, it, I'm assuming it'll be a pretty high score towards the Blues. 13 plus would be my guess, but could be could be wrong. I'd like to be proven wrong. That makes one of us. Um, yeah, I think I'd go for the Blues as well. If they do run that same lineup and look to finish their regular season on a strong note. But if they do feel two younger Bucks sides, yeah, I'm not sure which way they go with it. Because, I mean, a lot of the talent that the Blues have across their park is relatively young. Yeah, so, they have, I, have, I think they have maybe four 20-year-olds. Yeah, I think maybe like that, um, that Jacob Neatkins, the seven star. Oh, they got five. Yeah, they got five. So, oh, I think Zahn's turning 21. Yeah, Zahn Sullivan, S- yeah. Sawani, um, Vikina, good mm-hmm. feature prop from there. So they got a, I mean, Cooker, my bad. Um, Jacob Neatkins, Zahn, Sullivan. They have um, Sam Durry. He's a nice young Kenry boy. He's pretty young as well. 20 and then Tame Plumtree is 20 as well. Or oh, twenty one, mm. so uh, they got some of those guys have started actually, or oh, two of them, I think. But yeah, they they do have a good future in terms of the young guys now. Don't know if they'll get a crack. I thought Zahn would have had a crack a while ago because he had an outstanding um ITM season. Just yeah, me here. too, bro. But yeah. I guess it just goes to show the the talent that they had in that team, and um, yeah, Stephen was obviously doing enough in training to. Give himself the 15 jersey every week, bro. But, I mean, that's a wrap for our preview, bro. I look forward to catching up with you next Sunday, Monday, depending on what your movements are. Yeah, 100, bro. Cover all the action that unfolds. And from now until then, my bro, stay safe. Good luck for Saturday's game. And Yeah. Uh, yeah, fingers definitely. crossed we get some hissing games of footy. Sweet. No, no worries. Cheers for having me on. All right, bro. Catch you up.